2: In at number 86, six, eight, in at number, a- 80- number
0: 86, Six six six. you already six, did this. Six. Remember you yeah, did I it know. and then you
3: got really did upset.
0: Do, did I do it on number 96 or did I do it on the other 86?
3: Yes, you did. You did it, Matt. Cool. And then Luke, Luke got really enraged. And then went over to your house and started just beating you with a chair. It was crazy. I can't believe you guys don't remember that. That's like a good thought. So many tests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. This is Films and Filth. I
0: am Matt. There is Mark. Hi. Here is Luke. There is Luke coming back. Is Dorian film? Conservationist. Should I say conservationist?
4: Um, it's more preservation. It's more archivist than preservation. Conservation's a little different, but you oh, can just yeah. say film lady.
0: Film lady. Okay, Don't Dorian worry. is our, our film lady. <laughs> yep. I, I, you can certainly talk the, the tech more than the rest of us probably can combine. Well, I won't speak
3: for Mark. Mark's worked on some stuff, but you yeah. do paperwork, right? I'm I've, done a, I've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> I've done more than I really have time to go into. Okay. But yeah, it's uh, Eternal Sunshine of
0: the Spotless Mind. I actually have a picture on my computer of of where I saw the movie in 2004. Were you in Japan? No, I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and it was like this super, you know, old theater. So I took a picture outside the theater, too. Did you say Jackson Hole? Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Jackson Hole. We ate at Dick Cheney's favorite restaurant and then saw Eternal Sunshine of the
3: Spotless Mind. Does Dick Cheney Jackson Hole? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, yeah, this is one where I saw it in the theater. I saw it, like, I probably saw it a few times on DVD when it came out, and I haven't bothered to watch in 15 years, and now now I get to see how it's it's aged. Um, Mark, this is more of an arranging movie for you, I think. At least you were in it. I saw this that. in
3: the theater and did not like it. Um, mm. Watching it today was i'm going to just go ahead and say it was upsetting because i started off not liking it and then by the end i sort of feel like i just didn't understand it so i just kind of started hating myself by the Mm. end of the film so (laughs) that was that was real super healthy um so you went from hating the movie
4: to hating yourself
3: yeah this sort of is that kind of movie isn't it (laughs) (laughs) i guess so uh luke is this your first time
2: yeah, I obviously was aware of this film. Um, I think uh, when it came out, I was a big Jim Carrey fan, and my parents being like, "I was like, oh, can I see the new Jim Carrey movie?" And my parents being like, "You don't want to watch this one, Luke. It's not what you think." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I just never got around to watching it until we had an excuse to watch it.
0: Okay. Did you hate yourself after you watched it?
2: No, I, I quite like. I watched this film on a bus home from. Um oh, on my way home after I went to Mexico, so last weekend. Right. So oh, okay. I, I was pretty zonked and just got into the film and quite liked it. There you go.
0: Um Adorian, you must have requested this at some point, but you said you had f- completely forgotten about it. If I Yeah, if I don't I mean that
4: as that. like a lacuna ink joke either. I just I don't remember <laughs> ever seeing it. So I finished it like a half an hour ago. So it is like reverberating in my brain. So that's Hmm. That's all I can remember is this most recent viewing.
0: So, well, that's all you have to remember for this. But uh that's
4: true.
0: That's true. My bugaboo, and it could be that I'm watching on this like from two thousand four DVD here, but um I was definitely like, oh, early digital photography, not not sitting well anymore. There, I believe there are a lot of practical effects in this, but I don't. Oh, the, oh, the effects. There's lots of cool practical effects, but I think a lot of the effects required them to shoot. On, I, I actually was looking at the wiki mm-hmm. when we got on just to see if it said what cameras they actually used to make sure I'm not wrong about this. But I felt like I was watching a
2: very uh, digitally film. Uh, I was watching this on my phone, so I couldn't notice things like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I watched it via the high seas and it looked fine, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting a whole lot. So... I mean, maybe, maybe I might have been watching it at higher than DVD quality, but it maybe not. I'm not really sh- even sure. Two <laughs> handheld cameras
0: film near 360 degree footage at all times, shooting three uh, 36,000 feet of film a day. So I guess it's more like oh. a thing about lighting and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, this
3: is another cool. one of those. Uh, Michelle Gondry is the music video guy. Like this is another. I don't remember the last instance of that. Maybe. I guess I know who killed me might have been one of those, but there's every once in a while you get the music video guy movie. And this is prime example of that. Like Highlander mm-hmm. is one of those. My, my, yeah. I, I think it's my favorite
0: movie that I just can't watch is also from around this time, which is a uh, Inland Empire,
3: which is really good, mm. but just looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> see, I've always, I've been afraid to watch it because I don't want to see a David Lynch movie that doesn't look good. I mean it's I've never it's, watched it. It's
0: blocked well, it's framed well. It's just he's shooting like the camera he's shooting it on is just garbage.
3: And that's the thing, is that most of his films even, you know, what say what you want about Dune, it looks great. Weak It's better than the Phantom Menace.
0: <laughs> I mean I, I'm gonna bounce this one on Luke actually. I think I kind of still prefer the Lynch Dune.
2: <laughs> hmm. I, I don't, but that's because I'm like yeah. actually a big fan of the books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. think
3: I, th- I have that in my brain that that uh, Matt's Lynch and Luke is uh, villain wave. I the second
0: half yet. Give me a second half. Maybe I'll change my yeah, okay. I
3: don't know. Well, so, sooner or
0: later it's happening because it is um, like comparing half a movie against a um, kind mm-hmm. of full movie.
2: Yeah, uh, Mark, so, are you the guy who's into the Sci-Fi Channel original version?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I I will take that. I'll just go ahead and take that bullet. Sure, I'll just go ahead and represent that one
2: that you've um, never seen. That makes sense. If there's yeah. an
3: if there's an anime, then I'll take that.
2: Sorry, I, I don't want to do this because it's really obnoxious. But I just remembered my dream last night was that I was the captain of Babylon Five. Let's continue. <laughs> 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 Did you do some diplomacy? Yeah, pretty much just wandering around, talk to diplomats. No shadows or anything.
3: <laughs> I I've had a few dreams recently of like people that I've dated in the past. And in my dreams, people who I used to date are always way more open and talkative. Like, and
0: like in this movie?
3: I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing, is that halfway through this I realize. The, the things that made me turn around on it is that almost everything you see is just Joel's imagination, so... You're never maybe, really meeting her, yes. Maybe he sucks at the beginning and gets better towards the end because you sort of see her as more of a human being towards the end. Mm. And I, I think the way I read this when I first watched it was that he was just getting more and more attached and more clingy. Mm. So he Well, was
4: everything... Just- with the blue hair is her, so it, it's about wow. twenty minutes of film that's actually the real her in real life and not his memories.
3: But but also, I mean, recently, I th- I think have all of us watched Valerian and the something of a thousand planets. I watched five minutes of it.
0: Mm-mm. I, I got like a lot. I, I think you're gonna have to take that yeah. as a no,
3: Mark. <laughs> that's a lot of. I got a lot of hate for um, the couple not having chemistry in it and. They spent a lot of time just kind of yelling at each other in the movie, but they clearly, the characters clearly liked each other, and I sort of read that as French director. A French director writing a couple doesn't necessarily translate to American audiences, and I feel kind of like Clementine is the the French person, and <laughs> what's his name, Joel. Joel? Joel is the is represents the American, and it's just like the French hate fucking the Americans kind of i mean it's (laughs) it's because this is um i i learned researching that uh michelle gondry had the idea for this this was his project and he basically took it to charlie kaufman was like look you're my guy you have to write this because this is for you which makes sense but what happened later is that memento came out and then charlie kaufman started trying to back out because he was like, I don't want to do this, man. This is too much like Memento. And I think there was just a lot of pressure on him from the studio. Just like, just do it. Even though the studio apparently hated the script. So it's so it's really interesting because it's the product of someone who was... A French guy was like, you must do this movie. And then he's trying to back out of it after
2: seeing Memento, which... Uh, I would and say Memento... They not have that much in common other than a non-linear story, really. I agree. And I also... Kind
3: of think this is better than Memento now after rewatching it, I'll which is a
2: weird. I haven't watched Memento in a long time, but it's it yeah. doesn't hold up as well as everything he did since. Also, like especially... if you know
3: the thing, then you 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 know the thing, right? You know, it's like if you if you go in knowing what the thing. Yeah, is. Yeah, it it you know.
2: is a bit of a if you know the twist film. And I yeah. watched
3: the uh, the version that was on the DVD bonuses where you could watch it in order. Not very fun to watch it that way. <laughs> Memento. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. It was, like I was, it was gonna say
0: with this film though, especially in the early 2000s, are you going to get a better script out of a happy Charlie Kaufman or a pissed Charlie Kaufman? I'm I think go- this is
3: just an afraid Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> like, this script is full of fear and terror. This is a very anxious and upset I just story. assume you want him in a bad place to give you a script. Like if he's like well-adjusted and happy, you won't get a good work from him. He's, he's that tortured artist yeah. sort of writer. I'm, maybe Adaptation, he might have been happier for that and I Still, think that's a better movie than this, but I guess I have to rewatch that now.
0: Yep, not for this podcast, not for this podcast, yeah.
3: but now being for my own uh index. But uh, um,
0: there's a big word you could use.
3: The other thing that messed with me a lot was that I realized that these people are just my parents' gender swapped, <laughs> so that's bad. My parents should not have been together. It's okay, my mom will never listen to this. They didn't, they shouldn't, they did not belong together, they just stayed together because. Back then, people just didn't want to get divorced. (laughs) And uh, that's it. Well, in case people
0: have completely forgotten the movie, uh, Luke, you have that that plot, you say, which wasn't
2: yours, but now it's yours. Because we record out of order. Joel and Clementine meet in a meet-cute on a train. We then see the end of their relationship, with Clementine having Joel erased from her memory and Joel deciding to do the same. As we go back through Joel's memories of the relationship toward an alternative meeting on a beach, he has second thoughts, particularly when he overhears that one of the memory technicians is using his memories to creepily pick up Clementine. Joel fails to stop Clem being erased, but manages to save a desire to head to a certain beach. We see the meeting from the start again and realize this is the pair meeting again, without memory of one another. They are made aware of their previous relationship by a disgruntled employee, but choose to risk it anyway.
0: All right, there we go. Uh, so, well, I guess we'll do some nitty gritty on the the actors in this one. Um, how how do you guys feel about Jim Carrey's dramatic turn? Which I guess this is what kind of solidified it, starting you know, kind of starting with this Truman Show and running into this more or less.
2: Truman Show it's like it's him still doing wacky Jim Carrey in a serious story whereas this he doesn't do any like wacky Jim Carrey stuff um and I'm stealing this from I think a comment from the director but I think it works because you can kind of tell that Jim Carrey's tied down like he seems like a man trapped in his body because you know he wants to be doing Jim Carrey stuff and he's not and it really works for this character who's just like you know, boring, mediocre man who feels trapped in his life.
4: I read he was having a depressive episode as well, which the director loved because it was aesthetically, you know, compelling to see him depressed. So he said, "Don't get better, stay depressed."
3: <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jim wow. Curry brought that up in an interview like ten years later, and he said, "That's how fucked up Hollywood is."
2: Yep, yep. Which,
3: yep. Correct. I just kind of made that point about
0: Charlie Kaufman, didn't I? yeah speaking of the
2: script
4: sorry can i throw in that speaking of the script uh imdb says that as of 2023 this is the most recent film to win a screenwriting oscar without being nominated for best picture so you know it did get an oscar the screenplay as we talk about
2: it that's interesting because i feel like that is reflective of how people talk about films now where like a film is boiled down to its writing and its plot and people ignore cinematography and other elements, at least in like the twi- the sort of Twitter film people mm-hmm. where a-, a film's value is, does it have some twists and turns and, you know, does it need a YouTube video to explain its ending? A film's value is not, <laughs> is it fun <laughs> to watch? And does it have great shots and performances? Yeah, I'm not good. Please don't ask me to back that up with examples. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's 8 a.m. and I'm. have st- only just had my first sip of my coffee.
0: Just getting back to uh, Carrie, I-, I was noticing this time. I-, I think he gets to slip out just a little bit with wacky Jim stuff when he's doing Baby Joel, which
1: mm-hmm. it's oh, so built oh, into yeah, the story. Absolutely.
0: You kind of miss out on it a bit because it's so like kind of baked into the into the story. Like, it yeah, because it's out. relevant.
2: It doesn't. But you're you're absolutely right. That is. That is some carriage.
0: I have a hot take, I think, on this one. Mm-hmm. I actually, watching it last night, I did not like Kate Winslet very much in it. And it's not because she's doing a bad job so much as I've seen the movie she's done in the past 15 years. And her persona is modified so much. I like I can barely accept her in this role because I'm thinking like Contagion or, or when, what was the Danny Boyle, Steve Jobs films Was that Steve Jobs or Jobs? Like to me, that's now become like what I Jobs think of when I Jobs Steve. I don't know. Is that what it, it's called? Because there's also the one with uh, the '70s show, dude. So, uh, <laughs> but the the, the, boy, the Danny Boyle that one. But uh, yeah, th- that's yeah. now kind of my template for Kate Winslet, and that doesn't fit with this
3: at all. <laughs> I number one, she sounded a lot more British to me this time. I'm sorry, <laughs> she sounded pretty British. Did anybody else feel
2: like that? I'm sure you didn't, Luke. No, I'm used to hearing Brits do American
3: yeah. accents. so... Yeah, it was sort of like, like Helena Bonham Carter always has like one little slip up in everything she did, and it felt like Kate Winslet was doing like doing the slip ups a lot. But she was also having to yell a lot, which is hard and uh, accent. I think nearly impossible to yell in an accent. Yeah, uh, it's it's, not yours. like I'm
0: saying, like, her screen persona in the years since seems to have, like, damaged yeah. how she comes across for me in this film. I don't know if that's fair yeah. or not, but... So, I, I thought you were
3: saying that that she had improved. Is that what you're saying? Since,
0: yes, but her screen persona I, has become very steely, you know? Yeah. Which is not
3: this character. So, well. it's... it's. I mean, you know, and... You could but, draw a very good parallel to... um. Mary Elizabeth Winstead who plays Ramona Flowers in the Scott Pilgrim wow. movie like that's a character that's a lot like this and she also I think every time I've seen her in any uh, any other movie she's been very steely like in uh, what Cloverfield Lane 10 Cloverfield Lane
5: hmm.
2: I
3: did not see also, that one but yeah maybe I can I, get but that. also I think this handles this handles the quote unquote manic pixie dream girl a little better than that Though Well, this is, a, this feels
2: like is it? I so um. When I was reading up on this film, it slightly predates the coining of mm-hmm. the term "manic pixie dream girl," mm-hmm. but feels like it's trying to reject that archetype. It, it does, this, and it doesn't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't, don't, I don't know if it, really like it pulls it off, but.
4: But it rejects I, it because she has self-awareness. She says, you know, I'm not an object. There's some level of reciprocity between her relationships, so she doesn't exist just for him. Um, but the mold is very Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like you can, It's a stone's throw from what it looks like yeah. on the outside. So there is a little bit, it is a little different, it's a little more advanced. And I think it was three years later that they created the term. So it's all retrospective yeah. anyway. It,
3: it was a little yes and no because most of what you see is his Im- uh, imagination or memory or both. I guess he could pretty much take his memory as his memory was probably mostly accurate except for times when he was interacting with it, but you know, um, she, she kind of needs help, and I feel like nobody gave a shit if she got help or not at all, period. Including the movie. So That's, um, that's so kind true. Of a bummer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I, it's like I do feel a lot of sympathy for her, but it's just also just no one cares. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I guess what was
0: what is their level in society anyway? Both of them can afford this procedure, but I guess you know if you're um, doesn't do it, it doesn't enough, tell
2: us really how guess. much the procedure is, right? It they I feel dumb, it like a hundred but... bucks because yeah, Matt's, Matt's assuming it's really expensive because that's how they would do it in a Twilight Zone episode. But I just watched that Twilight Zone <laughs> episode like yeah. last week. Five thousand
3: dollars, five thousand dollars in, in right. nineteen sixty-two money. Now this is um. This is cheaper than that. This is maybe kind of, they, almost they, like they a send fly a couple night. of
2: drunk guys to your house to do it, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, fuck I don't on think top they're
4: Yeah, they are pretty wildly unprofessional for this organization. I mean,
3: whenever and, and the guy Howard failed completely, he failed his own on his own affair. He failed, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, just it that that to me is the most compelling part of this movie is you're watching a shitty startup fail miserably. <laughs> and I loved that part of it. Like if, if like uh, what Neuralink did this, that would make me delighted. Like, oh no, it turns out that he put a Neuralink into Grimes and then she, her brain exploded. Now I don't want Grimes to die, but uh, somebody yeah, if else.
2: If Neuralink tried to do this, it would just accidentally replace all of my memories of my ex with a gorilla.
0: Yeah. <laughs> with or with Elon Musk, you'll you'll remember having a relationship just, with Elon Musk,
2: <laughs> and yet somehow still, no one will remember loving him.
3: <laughs> you remember, you'll remember going to the bar with him and having some drinks, but you're kind of annoyed. Like yeah, him like making jokes
2: and me going like yeah. Mm, yeah,
3: like you know if you just go, if you call the president a cuck a bunch of times, it's not really a joke, and he goes ha ha ha, that's true, and drinks another beer. I don't know. <laughs> But it's his accent like his accent isn't like that. Anyway, I, I feel like you're doing it. I think his accent
2: there. is possible for humans to do.
3: Yeah. I, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you cannot but, pronounce his name in its original
2: language. Your tongue. They can cannot play,
3: make him play the syllables. new Terminator.
2: So there's, there's a really easy trick. You just replace the M with a C and the S and the K with an N and a T.
0: Hmm. Ah, That's a course. fair amount of substitutions, but I guess there's a rhyme there. <laughs>
3: It's a specific dialect.
0: Yeah, this is definitely like a supporting cast So Like everyone in the supporting cast is just like
2: And uh, What I really like. love is a lot of the supporting cast are not playing to type as well. Like um, Kirsten Dunst is playing like a parody of Mary Jane from the Spider-Man <laughs> films. Um, Elijah Wood playing a total creep. Really <laughs>
3: well. not. Yeah, definitely not a Hobbit in this one. Doesn't have hobbit
2: ethics.
0: What Mark Ruffalo used to be this young, yeah, (laughs) because I
2: didn't know who he was when I saw this. Yeah, I only know Mark Ruffalo from like Avengers onwards, so and then, um, I've totally totally forgotten his name saying that you know why I haven't seen Zodiac, Matt. should see Zodiac
3: because they didn't send it to you, but they said they would. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, I will yeah, never watched that film.
2: That's until right. Empire magazine sends me my copy. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: man. I hope that this podcast reaches them in time before we finish the podcast. That would we'll be a great. special. A special episode for that. If one. they do that, yeah. <laughs> if they, they do that, I'll take Zodiac for my birthday movie just, to, just so Luke can have a reason to watch it after he gets it sent to him.
2: And Tom Wilkinson, <laughs> rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm so used to seeing him play, like, New York criminal that I forget that he's British.
3: <laughs> I think ah, this is where... He I... was British? Okay, that fooled me. Okay. All right. I think I
0: mostly associate him with this movie. So when I do see him playing the thugs, I'm a little thrown off sometimes because this 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 guy is so kind of just like, what is he?
2: <laughs> he uh, I mean, he is also a creep, but yeah. for most of the film, he comes across quite pleasant.
3: He died, like, two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. why. yeah. He, um, um, I watched this film, like, a day after finding out that he died, so.
3: We should also, um... We should also point out that this... We're recording this podcast basically almost 20 years... Well, this podcast is coming out almost 20 years from when this movie takes place. It's, like, Valentine's Day 2004, and this will come out two weeks before that, I think. Right. Oh, nice. So, that's...
2: Great timing.
3: Fun... Fun coincidence.
2: But it didn't release 2004, right? It did,
3: but later in the year, I think.
2: Okay. So it's a sci-fi movie set earlier than when it came out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> My DVD says
0: 2004.
2: <laughs> so that's DVD release. So I, mean, yeah, I, I same, just same I just time. assumed it wouldn't have because you'd think they would set it slightly in the future. But
4: Release date March 19th, 2004.
3: Oh,
0: well, that's pretty close. Because what dates they call the dates? Uh, Kirsten Dunst has her mind wiped in 2002, I think. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's that's what on that, her that's
4: file. That. That's yeah. in her
0: file. So mm-hmm. it is 2004. So it's a sci fi, yeah. like
3: right at the time it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, because you see the Valentine's Day when he's, when the, his neighbor's giving him a hard time about it. And then you see the next Valentine's Day when he's like, no, I'm not doing anything with her. I guess that was the 2004 Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, okay. So slightly in the past. It's all slightly in the past, which makes sense
3: for this kind that's- of a film. Jim Carrey only talks to his neighbor on Valentine's Day every year and stays <laughs> in his apartment the
0: rest of the time. They, they have a special love for each other, but it only comes out on Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's, that sounds like... That needs to be a, a, a film, a, a tagline for some film. They had a special love together, but it only comes out on Valentine's Day. But that it might be a be, With film. two
3: guys. It has to be two guys. but. Hmm. So, this, this is a mice? thing, though. This is one of those... But can you call it Philip K. Dick Likes, where it's sort of Philip K. Dick-esque, but not officially a Philip K. Dick thing? Well, I
0: mean, yeah. Kaufman's got his own little tone, though. I mean, we also have the failed startup vibe in Being John Malkovich, right? Yeah. Even Adaptation has a bit of that,
3: as in he's failing
0: to start up his script. But
3: (laughs) Yeah, Being John Malkovich upset... I've gone to this before. It upset me a lot because the idea of being trapped inside somebody's brain is terribly upsetting to me.
0: Okay. Maybe that's the one that you had the bugaboo about then. I thought it was this one. No, I, it was
3: both the, <laughs> but that one, that one I would have told you when I left the theater that I liked it. And then later on, I realized that it was upsetting me and this I l- disliked it immediately. Okay. Maybe I need to but, watch Malkovich again, see if I hate it. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of the fountain, which I didn't like because again it was sort of like about a kind of a bad boyfriend bad husband because instead of hanging out with his wife who was dying he was just imagining stuff but i guess i (laughs) I guess he was
0: upset er, the aronofsky flavor just keeps getting weirder and weirder so (laughs) we're we're getting
3: to him pretty soon Better yeah, buck up for it, Mark. <laughs> oh well, no, I liked that one. I don't know if I do now, but I did. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's but when I... Jared Leto was a serious actor. We all thought he was going to be the next the next guy, but now he's mm-hmm. a well, uh, we're, maybe leader <laughs> rocker that sends people bird piss he's in the mail or something. He's
3: just here for the morbid. Actually, he's I heard a story uh
0: some from somewhere. Someone was on a show with him, and they got a nice gift because on that show he was playing a doctor. And apparently, he sends people gifts based on the character he's playing. So,
2: well, you know, There's... people people always do make the comment like, "Oh, you never hear about method actors just being nice." So there you go; he does do it both ways. Yeah, you gotta yeah. give him yeah. credit for that.
3: It's because <laughs> nobody ever when method actors are nice to people, then then uh, people just think that they're being genuinely nice, but they're just being the fucking nice character. They have <laughs> so, to
0: they, just they... have to play nice roles. That's all, you know. I mean,
3: uh, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis must have been a terror on there will be blood. <laughs> I, I was listening to a podcast where Jim Downey was on it and he was talking about that. And apparently uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was nice, but he stayed in character up like every second they were together. So he was just sort of driving okay. around and asking him about football scores and being like, so how about those? You know, I was just doing that voice. That's not his real voice. Like the Phantom Thread voice is more his real voice. Right. That's why I was about to say Phantom Thread, but
0: then I thought mm-hmm. maybe that wasn't the best example. So I went for that's, the other one.
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of his real one. I think I think uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was just like, let's just write you one where you could just kind of be yourself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't done a movie since huh. yeah, he was retired. He said he was going to retire. I I hope he sticks to it. Good for him. You know, everybody keeps unretiring like miyazaki i love i'm sure that boy and the heroine is super good but like take is a break man a Just enjoy yourself he did take
2: a 10-year break to be fair
3: <laughs> okay yeah wasn't it that... something like his son made a movie that was a disappointment and he was <laughs> yeah, know, even, even that was like 20 years
0: let me show you <laughs> let me show you how it goes
3: man and i heard john williams was gonna unretire so what i want is john williams miyazaki do a movie together okay Just do sure. it if you're gonna stop retire if you're gonna unretire yourselves, do that. No, I, don't want,
2: I don't want one without a Joe Musashi score.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. But also man, just retire. It's great. It's, I'm sure yeah. it's great. I don't I won't know, but I'll I never I mean, yeah, know.
2: we're never gonna get to retire, so no. I but, think Miyazaki yeah. should work till he dies.
3: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I think this he
2: is agrees. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking the um the boomer. I didn't get my student loans revised, so no one should I'm taking that approach to retirement. Yeah. I have point. I'm gonna have to walk up
3: uphill both ways to work until I'm 95, so you should keep working. Yeah. Okay, problem oh, solved. We've solved the economy. Very good. There isn't yeah, there isn't really anybody else to do Miyazaki stuff. Like there isn't
2: anyone else. So I, do you want to have I, any
0: of Portions of your life erased. That seems like a uh, an obvious obvious one here. This is another. I
2: think I would come to the realization he came to, where like, actually, even if those memories are bad, you need them to be you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, that was another but... reason I didn't like the movie when I first saw it. I was like, man, this sucks. You you learn so much from bad relationships, and not only do they now know that they had their memories erased, but they're gonna go and make the. They're gonna go waste a whole bunch more time and fail again. So like if to the they tapes. hadn't,
2: or are they gonna go into it yeah. with some knowledge that will help them? Who knows? Maybe, but yeah, I, I don't think they also are just actually quite incompatible. Yeah, that's the
3: thing. <laughs> that's sort of the thing. Is I've no, I don't. I'm sure that I know somebody who had a relationship that blew up a bunch of times and then it ended up working out, but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. So, yeah, um, I remember uh, being in high school and my physics teacher said, you know, forget about your your high school sweetheart. Forget about who you're dating right now. You're probably going to have to date at least 30 people before you find the right person. And at the time he said that I was kind of offended because, you know, I knew a bunch of people who were dating each other. I'm like, God, really? And he was right. kind of right. That is a different. pretty high number.
2: Okay. Is well, very I can high. see his point, but I don't know if I'd go as high as 30. <laughs> I mean,
3: I've d- I've done 30 and I'm still pretty single, so I don't know. Just Maybe I well, should have aimed a lower.
2: I don't think well, I've been on 30 even like first dates.
3: You know, I know people I do know people who have just who did marry people they knew in high school and are still married. So hmm. that is not a uh, that's not a definite. But also uh, I don't the first i think the first person i met who i would have even imagined being happy being married to who i dated would have been when i was 24 so
1: <clears throat>
3: there you go she's definitely not listening to this
0: yeah at least you didn't <laughs> get the advice from wilt chamberlain right you're going to have to you're going to have to date 3000 people before you find the right <laughs> one <laughs> yeah you and then you know what you quotations. should just
3: <laughs> you should just keep dating more because even if you Find the right one. Just you know, just keep going, man. You gotta keep, gotta get those numbers up. I don't know. Is that maybe a- I wish I could think of a good basketball quote. <laughs> you gotta go above the rim three thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I have learned things from every failed relationship I've had. Even though I certainly have dated people who were the manic pixie dream girl type after i saw this movie and disapproved of it <laughs> and uh but you know it's why i learned was valuable except for eventually when i just decided i it wasn't worth it to date anybody i probably shouldn't have learned that but
0: eh. see, I, same I, time I, I, I guess if i were to erase any memories it'd be like really boring shit like not traumatic yeah. shit i'd keep that I'd give, like church
3: services and boy scout camp i i, I could sh- you know flush those but i mean if you do you remember anything from church services? Because I just don't remember anything. It's just I just remember sitting somewhere.
2: Yeah, on honest, I know what I would erase from my memory. You? No specific. <laughs> I would erase like some of my favorite video games so I can play them again.
3: Oh God, oh, you're right. Clever, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh man, like I would I would erase like Breath of the Wild and the Metal Gear Solid series and then replay them.
4: Speaking of video games, this inspired a video game. It was called To the Moon, and it's from 2011. And the premise is that some people manipulate the memories of a dying man to give him, like, complete happiness before dying. So I've never played it. You heard of it?
2: Um, I have heard of it. It's very well regarded. People talk about, like, pulling their eyes out playing that game. That's hmm. cool. I want to find it. I, I think it's, like, super available and super cheap. It, it is made it was made in
3: RPG Maker. Ah, it's on Steam and it is rated overwhelmingly Stats. positive. So it belongs on the good list. Oh, it says similar to games you've played, Undertale and Celeste. Yeah, I'm in. Cool.
0: <laughs> so uh, maybe someone in that office, that low rent office, was there for you know to forget some video games. It doesn't have to be all like traumatic things. Although I, I did think that the lady sitting there with the oversized dog bowl was pretty hysterical. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Like I but, don't know if I noticed that detail in the past or not, at least not thought about it as intently. I mean, that that is a good point, but Luke, have you reached the age where you start feeling like you're worried you're never gonna get to play everything that you want to play that you haven't played?
2: a uh, little bit. I've kind of been letting go of it because I was like listening to video game podcasts and video game websites, and I was like, man, I could just not care about all this shit and just play the stuff I like. That's so really healthy. I, I have started to let go of I'm trying to let go of it. I haven't yeah. 100% succeeded. But like, yeah, because I'm never going to play and watch and read everything I want to, so just I'll just go with the flow and play what I enjoy at the moment.
3: Yeah, I, I feel really good about the time I spent with like a Tears of the Kingdom Elden Ring and Death Stranding the past year, and uh, mm-hmm. it's like this thing where I, I read something somewhere that said uh, gamers in their 40s spend more time reading game news than they do playing games. And that always pops up in my head and it really kind of applies. Sometimes I find myself just browsing Reddit for an hour and it's like, I could have played a game for an hour. Yeah. I even just played Tetris for an hour, you know? <laughs> and I like forgot about the Splatfest last weekend. Hey, you so didn't here's play something. that at all.
2: Here's oh, man. The Splatfest last weekend, one of the teams had white ink. Oh, no, no, I missed a cum stage. <laughs> and I was playing it in front of Mercy, and she was just so grossed out, because they were all turning into yeah. cum, and then it had the squelchy sound <laughs> effects. She was really getting an ink from
3: it. <laughs> yeah, like, I I definitely caught the, what was it, ketchup and mayo, where it was just, like, common and blood.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think the and cum a, team did really I a well. a student at work. It was my first, we talked about Splatoon, and it was like, oh, what team have you chosen? And he's like, I chose Solo, because the ink's white. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you guys, go off <laughs> for, for
3: you guys and anybody listening, if you don't understand what the fuck we're talking about, this is a game where you're a squid who shoots ink, and you can swim, swim through this the ink that you shoot, but not the ink the other team shoots.
2: Yes. And yeah, so it's color coded, and usually they very deliberately avoid white ink, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but not. And then they made
2: that the I want to spend the holidays alone team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, they were spending the holidays alone,
2: oh, uh, yeah, yeah, also they're if- stocking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if it'd be worth. Uh, forgetting things you've created, like the creative process, like if you've written nope. a book, if you forgot, it be gone. you could read the book again without remembering writing the book, or you know, listen to music you made oh. without without remembering the making of it, which makes it more in- in- enigmatic. Because when you, create oh, you know something... who would,
2: who would love that, Adam Driver.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Wait, maybe it maybe more... it would still yeah. be because it's him on the screen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It'd be fun if you just erased his entire memory, and of then like, made him watch. Yeah, made him watch a movie, and then take him outside and just put him in front of a mirror and it's like, what? I'm Kylo <laughs> Ren.
2: Yeah, but then, then he decides like, oh, that must be my personality, and starts going around <laughs> being a fascist. <laughs> well, it's
3: okay. You show him Episode Nine where his personality is just all over the place. No, you don't show anyone nothing. Episode Nine. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just be confused forever. Like, I don't know. Am I evil or good or dead or alive?
0: I don't know. I don't. But that is a good point, because when you create something, you remember all the little mistakes you made. You remember the process mm. of doing it. You kind of know what your intentions were most of the time. So it might be fun to forget all that and then experience it like from the outside, but still knowing that you made it. Is that?
2: Yeah. When that I read something I've just written, I hate it. When I read something I read like 10 years ago, I hate it. But when I read something I read just like a couple years ago, I'm like, oh man, I'm a funny guy. <laughs> so, so it needs to so- be, I've just about forgotten it, but it hasn't been long enough that, you know, I've improved.
3: Matt, that's a little, I feel like that's a little weird coming from you because your music output is so vast. Like, do you really remember like all of the ways that you've made all the stuff? Because I feel like, I've made a lot less stuff than you and I don't remember a lot of my process or like there was a uh one time about I guess twenty years ago when my laptop got stolen and there was a bunch of stuff I could just never recreate even though it was from that year. I, I couldn't go and like recreate it. So well, to a certain extent I could but you know, just when you listen you
0: have like a memory come through, like, oh I I remember when I was playing this guitar solo, there was an earthquake and I just kept playing the guitar solo, you know? Man That maybe sounds I'd-
2: sick. Yeah. why would you want to forget
0: I mean, that <laughs> okay well that's too specific i guess it's more like uh you know the house was just... cold that day i remember rec- recording this like and it was like snowy outside my heater broke you know like so mm. that's what i'm thinking about when i hear the song no actually the the earthquake one's kind of cool so
3: i maybe i, I don't want to yeah, forget that one but <laughs> i want to believe like everything was just falling down all around you and
2: you're just going
4: <laughs> it was an aftershock
0: <laughs> of the big one here
3: <laughs> nice
4: didn't you
0: just have another earthquake very recently? Yeah, um, I didn't feel it. I was up at the onsen. Uh, they felt it down here. But what was funny is I'm walking through, and look, this is the one that um, we used to go to all the time. I'm I'm walking through the corridor, and everyone's phone alarms start going off. Bloop, bloop, bloop. So I pick up my phone and look at it, and I'm getting like an incoming call from Scott. So it was just kind of like weird timing.
2: <laughs> I was in Mexico during the earthquake, but when I got back to my apartment, I discovered. Oh man. Aww. One of my princess peaches was broken. Damn oh, it. So I'm a victim of the recent earthquake. Mm. Damn
3: it. <laughs> I, I I remember hearing about it. I looked on a map and it was really far away from you guys. So I was like, yeah, they're fine.
2: Yeah, I, I, they apparently um a lot of my students did feel it, but they were telling me the the alarm on their phone that's like earthquake <laughs> was much scarier than the actual earthquake.
0: Yep. And I just had I've, an incoming call.
3: <laughs> the only earthquake that i've actually ever felt or witnessed was in japan like there have been earthquakes here but i've never like been awake or felt any of them
2: i have felt a couple of them but it's never been like a, a big big one well the, the biggest the one... one was when i was in osaka and it like in october a couple of old walls and it broke wow. a few glasses in the um hotel i was working at
3: i got a pretty wild ride in 2011 yeah. yeah it was 20 2012 I was visiting and I was sleeping on Scott's floor in Tokyo and I was having a dream and in my dream it was like the the building I was in in my dream was made of cardboard and it was shaking apart and I was like this doesn't seem right this building shouldn't be made of cardboard and then I wake up and then things are kind of like shaking but not like making any noise like the bookshelves are just kind of going left to right and then Scott just like, sat up immediately he like didn't say anything so i didn't say anything and then we both just went back to sleep and then you forgot the
0: memory the memory vanished
3: no i remembered it i talked to him about it the day after but it was like the when it happened it was just like whoa this is weird (laughs) it's not what you would expect if you've never been in an earthquake before dorian you ever get earthquakes
4: there uh, well, supposedly we're gonna have the biggest one of all the time at some point because our fault is like the big one. But I mean, it's the one that connects down to whatever. It's it. No, I haven't. I haven't experienced it yet. But every like couple years, they'll give us like really scary articles about if you live in Seattle, like you're watch out because it's gonna break off the whole state. I mean, um, mm-hmm. there's some some big, very quiet and overdue fault that we have over here by like two hundred years or something. So we're taking mm-hmm. time off. They always tell us.
3: I don't think anything's ever really <laughs> yeah. fallen off into the ocean before it like that. I mean, I,
4: yeah, I'm not saying yeah. it's
3: impossible. Okay.
4: Well, I was thinking of like disaster movie style, like because that's how they hype it up when they remind you that you live on a fault and your days are numbered. It's always the most yeah. dramatic.
2: Yeah, but that's why yeah. I'm buying up lots of land just a couple of miles in from the coast. And then I've stolen two nuclear missiles I'm gonna uh, yeah <laughs>
3: okay. It's just trying to awaken Godzilla.
2: No, that's what Lex's plan was in the 1980s. Uh, yeah, so say, are you are you gonna get a wig uh-huh. for that? Because that Lex has
0: a wig. <laughs> no, <'cause laughs> or has <June>
2: Hagman's hair? <laughs> when I'm hired to play Lex Luthor, I'm not going to be a coward, and I'm going to go full bull.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: that's so different than normal life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Does someone have a a, a big? big point or observation they want to throw out on this because i'm I'm going to start looking for reviews right. and such i want to mention
4: a couple things if i can um the director told jim carrey it was a drama and told king uh winslet it was a comedy oh huh. so they said that carrey was frustrated that there was this completely different thing that the messages they were getting but it's kind of interesting to direct people that way so i thought that was worth mentioning and there was actually a website, like an Easter egg sort of, that was lacunainc.com That was a website for the film, but it was sort of an Easter egg in the film. So they didn't promote it, but if you went to that because you saw it in the film, it would be about the movie. And it's no longer; it doesn't exist anymore. I checked, but thought that was kind of a clever marketing stunt.
2: We could way back see that, probably. I guess the question we always have to ask on this podcast is like, why is this film on this list? because yeah. it is it's good and it's interesting but i don't quite understand why it has quite the reputation it has like even the wikipedia am... like the opening paragraph is like oh it's often listed as best film of the 2000s and one of the best films of all time and it's like so, yes yeah, right
3: dude it's good i am convinced that this is the uh whatever the the love song played at the wedding effect where a lot of people have taken this and attached just sort of pinned their relationships to it or pinned their uh, maybe doomed romances to it because it has that kind of a quality.
2: Mm. For Interesting.
0: Like I remember in two thousand four, I drank the Kool Aid. I think, I think I did consider this my favorite film of two thousand four. Which, if I were to look a list of two thousand four films now, I hmm. doubt that would be the case. But Godzilla like, so Final
2: Wars was, was two thousand four, so I know what mine oh, is. Oh, okay, okay. That
0: that <laughs> I mean, go over that. Yeah, that beats this. But yeah, it it is
3: one where I'm like Shrek two. It,
2: That sorry, Uh, (laughs) Spider
3: Man, Spider Man. I would put. uh, I think Shrek and Shrek
2: Two should be on this list. Spider Man Two actually maybe is a contender for my favorite film of all time. that is a (laughs) fucking
0: great. That is a fucking great. You'll get the Spider Verse Um, on the list.
4: I have a pithy reason why I think this was successful, and I think it's life affirming, Eternal Sunshine, because it glamorizes futility, because the alternate is oblivion. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's like, well, it could be worse. So it is that what that's what makes it life affirming, even though it's sort of a depressing angle on what is life affirming. But you have your choice, oblivion or futility. So
2: But yeah. maybe, maybe it is just it tapped into something. I mean, as a post 911 movie, like I think people were feeling a sort of that like they were feeling like futility and maybe a a way to sort of accept that was actually something people really needed.
0: And people in our age bracket, we were all Winslet
3: age when this came out, you know? So, (laughs) yeah, we, I mean, I, I definitely could see the appeal of being in 2004, one year after we started going to war with Iraq and being like, Oh, I wish we could just kind of go take it back a little bit. Just kind of back it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, Hellboy. That might be my favorite movie
2: of 2004. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing Shaun of the this, Dead this remake. Anger Man was that year. Shaun of the Dead was yeah. that
3: year. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Uh. What's oh, my one? least favorite movie of the year, Garden State. I'll just go ahead and say that. Fuck that movie.
0: I was going to throw that out as another Manic Pixie Dream Girl movie. I haven't seen it, but that's notorious for
3: being one, right?
4: Yes, I oh.
3: think so. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Here's my Garden State story. I'm going to make it fast um i was really stupidly high i'd gone to see wire at uh friday playhouse which i love i had a great time seeing wire they uh they s- said something mean about bush and nobody really seemed to get it um i come back to my uh townhouse where i'm living with like a lot way too many people and uh the neighbor comes over and it's like you should watch this it's about a guy who destroys his mind with drugs and i think she's <laughs> talking directly to me and we sit there and watch it and i'm like i hate this And then eventually she just goes upstairs to fuck two of my roommates and I'm still sitting there watching Garden State. I'm like, this sucks. Wow. Walked away after about, uh, it was about 40 minutes in. I was like, this sucks. I can't stand this anymore. Sounds like there's something going on. That's an
4: involved memory. (laughs) There's a lot going on there.
3: Yeah. But also, um, man, 2004 was a great year for movies. I mean, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, I guess I saw this and then screwed off for Japan. If it was end of March, I probably would have seen an opening night, and a month after that's when I uh, split the country,
2: at least for the first time. Mm -hmm. I found my (laughs) least favorite film of 2004. Thunderbirds.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Team America, World Police. Oh, Blade Trinity, that was bad.
2: Uh, Well, did Team America, World Police come out the same year the bad Thunderbirds film came out? Looks like geez, that must have been a bad year (laughs) to be Jerry Anderson. (laughs)
3: Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, Oh, that's a good film. Catwoman, which I think we'll be talking about eventually.
2: Catwoman Uh, is the film that made me realize films could be bad. (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's <laughs> <laughs> um, funny i saw that as a question on reddit recently what was the film that you that you first made you realize the films could be bad and i couldn't remember? It, well i
2: mean i i think i had it's not quite that but it's the film where i remember just watching it and just like literally in my head hearing her say a line and being like someone got paid to write that <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have a really yeah. specific weird answer to that and i have to look up the movie um primer came out this year
3: You've seen Primer? I've never seen it, actually. Yeah. It seems like it's... something I would have watched. I think you would like it, Matt. I don't know if the other two of you would like it. It's very slow and confusing. And you pretty much have to look at a map after you've watched it. It's a are time we... travel movie.
2: No, that sounds up my street. Yeah. You might, mean, you might what be are you trying try. to insinuate, Mark? I'm an <laughs> idiot.
3: <laughs> no. It is a genuinely, extremely confusing and opaque movie. But, you know. I, I highly encourage you to watch it if you think you would even remotely be interested in. I'll say that. I
4: like time travel stuff. I like to see how different people do it and where the loopholes are.
3: But this—it's also kind of a story of a failed startup. So yeah, both of you should watch <laughs> it. Well, th- all three of you should watch it. Um, I have—I
0: have two movies that I think was when I Nightwatch. realized that movies could be bad. One is mm-hmm. Made to Order with oh. Ali Sheedy and Beverly yeah. D'Angelo and um, Tom Skerritt I mean I watched in like 1988 I don't remember anything about it now but I remember like that specifically being the first one I was like we rented
3: this and it's bad Ghost okay. of the Shell 2 film am just saying, that saying also stuff now
0: yeah, now you're just saying stuff
3: now I'm saying names <laughs> of films that I love from 2004 there are many I guess we're gonna do Super Babies oh my god that's lowly rate, low rated Super babies, baby geniuses too. I think that's like in two thousand twenty nine or something. Yeah, we get both of them. We get the whole. We get to do the whole franchise. One point five. <laughs> wow. Working
2: it. At least um, one of those films, I actually made my parents watch. So. I'm looking forward <laughs> to, <getting> to that.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Getting to our standard question: Is this kind of a film that makes you feel filthy? Is that is that the Eternal Sunshine of? I
2: didn't. I actually like. I kind of liked the ending of this film. I liked how it got into like despite like how bleak the premise was, there was kind of a positive outcome. Like oh, they I... made a a what I felt was I mean, I I probably this relationship will still end. But I liked that they chose to give it a go.
0: When Not... I first saw the movie, that's how I felt, and then watching it now being I guess older and, and, and cynical. I was like, ah that's a Th- two months to, and that's they're off again
3: <laughs> see i rewatching this as an older person i still feel like their relationship is doomed but i just feel bad for all the things that i avoided so i just in you know the old internet meme i see myself in this and i don't like it mm-hmm. or I see maybe, myself tagged in this and i don't like it maybe uh, that's
0: what i'm saying it makes you feel filthy it makes you feel that way when you're so the movie age is
3: okay, but it, but you age badly. Maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I see I see the futility of a lot of my past relationships and I see no answer to it. The, like When I was younger, I guess the answer was like, of course, don't waste your fucking time. Go to the next thing. And now I'm just like, oh, God. Just, what? <laughs> I just had, I have no imagination now. I should have just dated somebody terrible for a long time. That's not true that doesn't
4: but... seem like the best course. But <laughs> that alternative doesn't sound right either.
3: You're right. It's it it sounds like a grass is greener thing because the thing is, I never actually did that. I never committed to a broken, shitty relationship for longer than a couple of months. So I think that inevitably when you do that, when you decide not to do that, then you grow older and you're just like, maybe I should have just done something. But you know, no, I shouldn't have. <laughs> and uh and you don't want to erase uh, I, your memories no i don't want to erase i never wanted to erase my memories i think that anything i've learned about myself and my interactions with other people is very valuable and should be you know kept and then think about it at best case scenario their relationship works out they just paid like whatever 300 bucks to erase 2 years memories of fucking right <laughs> that's that's terrible maybe they actually had like terrible sex i don't know
2: that's i don't want to erase it but you'd like to ahead. imagine that you know he would at least improve a little bit in that time
3: <laughs> yeah i'll just go ahead and say it not erasing any of the sex
0: so wouldn't you just remember having sex with a random person which
3: i don't know that, that would be that funny may, yeah <laughs> man it's funny yet you know i've had like th- Thirty one night stands or no wait two hundred I don't know how do you how do you count that if you if you don't remember the person each time it's funny I had this one night stand with this one person like a hundred times <laughs> it was really strange.
2: Like when he meets her on that train and he's like hey um this is gonna sound weird but I think they fucked you two hundred times <laughs> <laughs> that's a good pickup line
4: <laughs> not a good pickup line. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, eternal I, sunshine of the come stained mind I do,
0: oh my god <laughs> i do have a one-star review all right it. go for it okay Read it. absolute worthless garbage <laughs> i finally watched eternal sunshine this weekend this is a 2008 review just to throw that out What a piece of absolute unadulterated crap from beginning to end. I mean, I've seen a lot of bad movies recently, but this has to rank as the absolute worst. And this won the Oscar for best screenplay. God, the people in Hollyweed must have their head up their collective rectums. Now I hate Jim Carrey, but he was. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I hate Jim Carrey. But he was absolutely horrid in this, as was Kate Winslet. At least they're doing the punctuation correct, so I fixed it. Okay. (laughs) Did the director actually expect anyone to feel anything for these two-dimensional stereotypes? And the director must have gone to handheld camera 101 to learn his craft. Talk about annoying. I want my 25 cents back. 25 cents? At least the other garbage I've watched recently was mildly entertaining. But this wasn't even that. Did anyone actually believe they were saying something significant about the human condition here? If so, go back and watch some Renoir or Bergman or Kurosawa or just about any of the great directors. Even Ed Wood knew more about the human condition than the bozo who wrote this. Uh, 26 wow. out of 69 found it helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That, that was actually a well-written one for, for once. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's funny how incoherent and weird they are. This one, they it's got... The, it's proper punctu- punctuation i assume hollyweed is intentional so yeah at least they're writing properly good for them
3: yeah i'm scrolling and there are actually a there's a lot of eight for this movie it's really interesting
0: how, how many of them are 2004s actually a lot of them are 2004s okay i was i was just wondering yeah. if if it's an aging thing but yeah it has a fair oh. amount of
3: people that didn't like it from the kill me now that's that's the title of one <laughs> <laughs> like giving cotton candy to a starving person that's like my favorite a... headline here
4: wow read that one or is that all there is okay it's
3: just sure i'll, I'll read it um this isn't really a movie review well that's a problem it's more reaction <laughs> after watching this movie i feel like running around screaming you're missing the point you're missing the point Perhaps I'm missing the point. This film gets kudos for being clever and quirky and well-filmed in a being John Malkovich kind of way. Clever, quirky, but there's a spiritual barrenness underlying it. Shouldn't art be more than clever? Shouldn't it reach deeper? Limericks are clever. We don't call them art. Maybe you The don't. underlying message in Eternal Sunshine isn't all that original. I am tired of seeing movies about love and loneliness. <laughs> How many <laughs> movies have we all seen? His basic point is that if you just reach out, take a chance, find romance, this will fend off the ravening wolves of loneliness at the door of modern life. In a culture that desperately needs a sense of community and connection, peddling movies and songs about romance, it's like giving cotton candy to a starving person. Isn't, it isn't what we need. Finding romance is not the way to fend off loneliness and alienation. A change in the culture is. If we all felt connected to something that mattered, to other living things, to communities we cared about, romances wouldn't be the be-all and all of meaningful existence. It would just be one among many of life's joys. 101 out of 215 found this helpful. That's from 2006. This, yeah, this movie sparks off well written bad reviews, so that's
0: definitely, notable. <laughs> that, yeah. under
2: well, that, I mean, that I'm one kind of read kind of like it was written by a little bit of an incel.
3: Yeah, that was kind of, sort of, well written. <laughs> the punctuation's I mean, there, except it was, for that it one was correct, the, the grammar was correct. So, yeah, I uh, see
2: from the title, I thought it was gonna be just like it you know, <laughs> was, was gonna be meaner. I thought it could be a more interesting take than just like oh it's about romance boring.
3: <laughs> also like I I wanted to deduct a point several points for them putting the title of the review inside the review. That's some hack bullshit. This movie does that too. Kirsten Dunst gets the titular line. You can that's you can scary. have a titular line in a film that's 2 hours long but not in a, like a two paragraph review. Oh, like, uh, come on.
0: By the way, Mark, just under that review, I'm not going to read the whole one but mm-hmm. this one sentence is worth reading. Mark yeah. and Frodo bully Jim Carrey, and a lot of people enjoyed how that humiliation was done. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's that's good.
2: In their that's defense,
0: they thought he was
2: asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But uh, not I mean, professional. They they need to up. Uh, professionalism of that company I well, guess.
2: Oh, well yeah, not, they, never. zero professionalism <laughs> of that company Jeez, they got
3: they got exactly what they deserved so you know and mark <laughs> so how, come,
4: F- how come so many of the when we see the office we see people having this procedure like in office but then somehow jim carrey got like the home the home version of it like they didn't really go into why they were there in the first place and why he could just have it done like everyone else
3: I'm, be- I'm betting they always do. That's what I'm assuming. They always do that. Maybe always maybe go more... to their
4: home? But yeah. then we saw images like when there was that lady. I do with... oh, no, because he got the, um,
2: they made the map of his brain in the office and then the erasing took place at home. So maybe she was just getting uh...
1: the
0: map. Made.
2: Or maybe okay, like
1: erasing a
0: dog is a simpler procedure they can do in office, but erasing your two-year relationship <laughs> requires a little bit uh, more whatever they're doing.
3: My dog keeps bringing my dog keeps bringing dead squirrels in. Please erase this memory. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was I put in my notes in the early on. I was like, man, I I bet a lot of people get killed because of this, you know, like you imagine doing this to somebody who's being who has like an enraged stalker and then they get Mm -hmm. a note that's like, please don't remember your or or somebody who has the potential to be a stalker because that's that's a lot of. The time an abusive relationship is the person who's being abused feels like it's their fault. So, like, I'm sorry, it feels like it's my fault. So, I'm going to erase you from my memory. And then some mm-hmm. like rage monster comes and kills them. Like I'm that, unless it off,
4: becomes. Sorry, go, go ahead, Matt.
3: I was just going to say, just reading off of IMDb
0: a bit more, it says in the trivia section, the idea for this film was brought to Michelle Gondry by his friend, artist Pierre Bismuth, who suggested you get a card in the mail that says, someone you know has just erased you from their memory, which could cause Uh the
3: rage monster you're
0: talking about, you know? That's a pretty
3: artsy thing to base a movie on. I'll give them that. Well, they're French artists.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Dorian, you were saying?
4: Oh, um, I was wondering if it would eventually get into, like, the legal system so that that stalker is the one that has to go and have his memory of the stalky erased like if it became part of society that it was used as a tool, then I the just spiraling model. out into that you idea. Franchise
0: it, you know. That you just, could you go yeah. we're in our mind, erase to to. Uh,
3: it's like social media in reverse. That mm-hmm. could be great, actually. I'd love to erase the memory of me from some people.
1: <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm not, not even this. talking about. We got
0: yeah. more of a context for it now. you're Yeah, you're erasing like.
3: like things that you got involved with on the internet you know (laughs) yeah like we've all we've all probably experienced this right where somebody just has a weird hate boner for you and they're friends with all your friends and they're like sort of have it in for you because all they do is sit at their computer and stare at facebook and do uppers and type stuff all the time (laughs) or is that just Um, me
2: it's very specific a little bit specific there yeah
3: (laughs) yeah well anyway uh i unfriended them and they blocked me so good but okay. I, I still think they probably, I would probably feel a lot better if they just kind of forgot about me, but medically.
2: Right. <laughs> no, I love, I love knowing that someone's stewing about me and I've forgotten about them.
3: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that why you got off Twitter? Pretty much. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, you know what else got off Twitter? Um, Twitter got off Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Twitter got off Twitter. Yeah. But if you want to find us on Twitter, wait, Dorian, you got anything to plug?
4: Mm, No, I never prepare. So, well, whatever the next Twilight Zone episode is, I I have the Andy Devine episode. So that actually hasn't existed yet, but it will. So I'm going to say when Matt promotes Twilight Zone, that'll throw me in there.
2: Okay. Well, that's like a reverse Eternal Sunshine where you're giving them a memory that they don't have yet.
4: It's precognition. It's going to happen. Mm.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, people, people now will know about the Bucky Larson podcast that we haven't recorded, so that's sort of yeah. an internal sunshine thing, isn't
0: it? Is it is on a list they could look at, though.
2: Oh, yeah, well, listeners will know about all the really offensive things Dorian said on that Twilight Zone podcast. <laughs> 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 that's
4: well, part if, of the the surprise. That's, that's a spoiler alert right there.
3: If you <laughs> want to forget about those things, go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius and send us some money for server bills and you'll be so pleased with yourself that you'll forget anything that anybody said that bothered you forever. Um, also check out our other podcasts like podcast 1999 about space 1999. Luke loves Pokemon going over Pokemon Hyrule field report. over your Legend Zelda tears of the kingdom time enough podcasts. We just talked about going over episodes. Of Twilight zone. You can catch Dorian on that. I think you can catch me and Luke on episodes of that pretty soon too. Um, we also have a cult Disney. Go over the connections between the cult and Disney. And I think that's all of the podcast in oh, game, 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 game show. show, game show about games. You're holding
0: on to that thing. Okay. I was like, like I, you I, I was genuinely, of, it was like
3: the voice, the tone of voice was the medical procedure. My memory <laughs> erases as I say things. So um, I have to always ask, did I forget a podcast at the end of the plugs? You forgot oh. all of them.
5: No! <laughs> From the sunshine rains will come Out of the silence words come Us revealed on a legion field Had no fear that on death hears Through the symptoms before they begun Cycles of yoga create and construct Universes, they expand and break up The time exists not, the hours become late There's life beyond life that causes a fate Says she's not a prophet Just only knows what's up next then it's okay to be a planet. And a spirit that falls on their fears. Drifting in her Cassandra complex. Cycles of you, that create and construct. Universes, they expand and break up. Though time exists not, the hours become late. There's a life beyond life that calls us ill fate. (laughs) Never been the blank slate, not minding that life won't wait. Destiny's destined anyway. no fear it falls on deaf ears. She's resigned from being resigned to fate. Cycles of yoga create and construct. Universes they expand and break up. No time exists, not the hours become late. There's life beyond life that causes a fate. I know no fear if it falls on deaf ears. She's resigned from being resigned to fate. Drifting in her Cassandra complex. Drifting in her Cassandra complex. Cassandra complex